0: I told Derek when I had my b- meltdown I'm like I can't even I don't want podcast yeah
1: <laughs> what did he say to that
0: well he came home from Alpine but I told him I said I need a babysitter mm-hmm. like from nine to two I need somebody to come over here and watch Cade because yeah. I've got stuff I gotta do he's getting to an age now where like I can't do it because yeah. he's all over the place
1: yeah
0: so we have her we have her Dee Dee. she's she's here she comes Ooh. over here she's real sweet Hello everybody, I'm Casey Forbes and I'm Sarah Cuvion and welcome to Let the Good Crimes Roll and Sarah didn't remember, but we are talking about Killer Sally, which is a documentary on Netflix.
1: Yeah. What's funny is like We recorded the double episode Last time And we were And I watched scrambling. both parts And like I guess a, a week has happened And I've just forgotten She walked out she So much I was like Blank I was like What did we talk about? I have to like I don't remember What we talk about Until I actually listen To an episode So That's if I true. don't listen To an episode Then I'm completely lost By the time That's that true. I know yeah. It's so It's really funny When like people Go back and listen To older episodes But they'll tell me Something that I said Or you said Or something that was funny About about the documentary and I'm like, I have no recollection. Of what you're saying What you're
0: saying Or like when I go back and listen to it Like while I'm editing You'll say something And I'm like I completely missed what she said Or it was a joke (laughs) that went right over my head But that was like really funny I'm like How did I miss that? Well so Sarah and I have just been talking And we're gonna have Probably have an announcement About 2023 And some Mm -hmm. upcoming stuff that we have That will start in January That we're excited about So stay tuned I know
1: we've said that before But we really mean it this time
0: I know We've been building up Okay It's been the build-up, this is a for, this is a for sure in the works, <laughs> and we have a deadline date, which mm-hmm. we're, I think we're good about. We say okay, we want this released by January. Yes. We're pretty good about. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm it. a procrastinator, oh, but well, same. I'm really good at like getting it done in a short amount of time, a little under pressure. Yeah.
0: yeah, Okay, so this is the final episode of Killer Sally. It's the people versus Sally McNeil. The first two episodes have been a little. I felt like this could have been a two part documentary because mm-hmm. it kind of dragged on at some points, but this one kind of gets going. Sally says that she still has nightmares where it's like she's trying to fly away, and Ray like jumps on her wings. Just that's <laughs> all that picture. Like nobody, she's not questioning the fact that she's flying and all of a sudden okay. grew wings, but. Um, <laughs> So her murder case, of course, started on February 14th, 1996. Her her actual, they went to court. On her first day of trial. Well, yeah, of course, the, um, the DA year. said they had to set it. They did that on purpose. I was going to say that
1: has to be for dramatic effect. It was a hundred percent. Are we surprised? No.
0: Sally had the potential to spend the rest of her life in jail because the DA was going for first degree murder. The prosecution's case was that Sally McNeil was just a violent person person and you know guys a violent person cannot be a battered woman. <laughs> that those two things
1: can't exist yeah. in the same universe. It's sad because it is the nineties and they just if you didn't fit that narrative of a battered woman then then you weren't it. You know. Really? And they
0: talk about it but you know in the 90s was the era of the angry woman mm-hmm. like Lorena Bobbitt. Oh yes. Tanya Harding. Now that
1: you say that yeah. Amy
0: Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Well they bring it up in the show and I'm like wow that's really that was the mm-hmm. craze then. So Sally's defense reiterates that the law provides that you have the right to, to use any force necessary including deadly force to protect yourself from immediate danger. The story painted by the D.A was that Sally killed Ray because of this jealous rage. I mean, we heard in the previous episodes that he had told multiple friends that he planned on leaving her and he had met, he would had multiple infidelities, but he met a woman named Marianne that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. And I mean, these were things that were said from his friends. And that's where the DA stands is that no, this was a jealous rage. Mm -hmm. He had been gone all day. It was February 14th, Valentine's Day. And she was just angry when he got home. Present day Sally. Sally says that's absolutely ridiculous so diane diamond if you don't know who that is she's in a ton of these shows i was gonna say
1: ha- we've we've come across her before haven't she we? was
0: in the she was in the episode when we covered the the girl that went missing that dated the senator oh was the it chandra
1: son? levy yes yeah. yeah
0: she covered that but she's in a lot of stuff she was part of like a, what was it hard copy or whatever back in the day That sounds familiar. Something like that. Yeah. But so she covered the case and she has a lot of remorse with how she handled this case. She called her the pumped up princess. You know, one of the segments she said, instead of pumping iron, she was pumping bullets through his body. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, in 1999, people just didn't understand the bodybuilding world. And they were really intrigued by Sally and her story. And like I said earlier, this was the era of, of the, the angry woman. She was painted by the media as just this violent, aggressive, dangerous woman. But when Shantina and John would see this on TV, they were just shocked. So they were living in Pennsylvania with her with their grandparents mm-hmm. and their grandparents really tried to shield them from the media, from mm-hmm. the coverage, because the way she's being described is not who she was to her kids. The really sad part is John said, you know, I would look for it because I missed her so much and I just wanted to see her.
1: Aww. Even if it was just her
0: on TV. Yeah. So the DA started by providing forensics to the jury. Ray McNeil was shot twice by a shotgun once was from about eight feet away and the other was at close range to his face the first shot is what actually killed him and it wasn't a quick death like he bled out so the one to the face didn't kill him he survived that yes the whole point of this being a first degree murder case was the reload so picture this she was in the living room Mm -hmm. he charged at her yes She shot him. Yes. Now, she went and got the gun because he was choking her like he was choking her. She broke free, went to the bedroom, got the gun, came out. He lunged at her. She pulled the trigger. She told police that she shot him again because, again, he lunged at her and this time it got him in the face and he fell to the ground. so he
1: lunged a second time. Correct. Okay.
0: Yes. That's what she told in the initial interview. That's what she told police. Now, the forensics doesn't really say that that's the truth because there is a shell casing from the first shot that's found in the bedroom so
1: okay and what
0: that means is she had to have she went in the bedroom she got another bullet and she reloaded to re what happens when you reload is that the casing pops out
1: yeah well could that have been there from the first time like when she initially got it and she was loading it
0: could be because they they really played this up saying like she made it sound like she went boom boom but but she had the to- forensics kind of make it sound like she went boom, went to the bedroom, got another bullet, replaced the bullet, which uh-huh. would have made the original bullet pop out. Yes. And then walked back. That's where the premeditation pre-med- okay. comes in. That's where, so she went to get another bullet.
1: I see. To shoot him. But it is possible that that bullet that was found in the bedroom was actually from when she initially got the gun and was loading it cuz there could have already been That's a spent true. casing I, in there when, so when she goes to open it one pops out and she loads it twi- with two it could have been cuz i mean why would you only have one in there what would you why wouldn't you double load it well, it's a shotgun right it, yeah but i don't think does it have to like I don't know what a double barrel shotgun does.
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about
1: shotguns to I mean, answer that. I am I'm saying this with confidence, but I'm not actually very knowledgeable about so I'm not either. Guns,
0: so. And the DA was saying it very confidently, like, no, she reloaded in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So the second thing that the forensics told them was she made it sound as if he was standing there and she shot him in the face. Mm-hmm. But the forensics tell us that he was shot while laying on the ground, which would kind of make more sense because if you get shot like blasted in the stomach, you're probably going to fall. Yeah. But the reason that it looked like he was shot on the ground in a defenseless position is because right above him was a was a lamp mm-hmm. and the blood was on the inside of the lamp. Oh. So it probably it had to have splattered upwards towards right. the lamp. It would have been on the outside. Both of these to me are not like if you watch the documentary, the DA makes a big deal about them. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, OK. And she says, she's like, it's been 25 years. Like she tried to remember it in her mind. Mm-hmm. She tries to reenact it. She's like, it's been 25 years. Like I don't, I don't necessarily remember. It. I, I might get details wrong.
1: Like where yeah. she reloaded. Okay. She's well, not sure. What does Shantina say? Because we know Shantina did see the second shot, right? Yes. Does she, she say anything?
0: Not really. But Shantina 100% reiterates that her mom was defending herself. Yeah. I mean, and, and the the sad thing is that the def- the defense like didn't provide any type of counter witness to argue so this. So she
1: probably had a public defender, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that means that they probably didn't have a whole lot of funds to go and get Correct. these professional witnesses. Absolutely. Because those like one of those professional witnesses can cost like upwards of like six figures. Well, yeah. I mean, this so, I wasn't mean, like
0: that case we covered where the family who owned yeah. all the Sonics were able to exactly.
1: So I mean, step in. Imagine, imagine she had that. Defense. Imagine if she had had like the kind of funds where she could get those kind of witnesses. Mm-hmm.
0: So the defense really leaned into this new and up and coming idea of basically battered woman syndrome. Say that twelve times. Mm-hmm. It's like an offset to PTSD. So mm-hmm. like you're, you're involved in all this domestic violence and these are reactions that you have to like certain triggers. Like yeah. if someone starts yelling at you, you just turn it off and don't respond. You mm-hmm. just curl up. That's kind of like what they're saying it was. But it was relatively new at the time in the 90s. It's not something that was studied significantly. And what we know now that we didn't know then was that the brain scans of women who have battered women's syndrome mirror that to people who were prisoners of war which is pretty shocking yeah because you go into this just survival defensive mode it doesn't make sense how you how you respond you just you're like i just your body's like trying to preserve itself
1: the brain's trying to preserve itself self-defense mechanisms correct you know
0: Yes. Sally, in in going through all of these therapies and learning about this, that she recognizes that she was just as broken as Ray was. She says, you know, they try and paint me to say that, that I killed him out of this jealous rage. And she said, no, I, in my mind, was protecting myself. Mm-hmm. He had just choked me. He had been choking me. You know, and he, she's like, even today, if I can't remember every minute detail, it was 26 years ago. I don't remember. Yeah, and
1: plus, like, he was on a lot of steroids at the time. Yes, so he was. I mean I don't exactly know how they work, but if he's in that kind of amped up rage, mm-hmm. is it possible that he like one shot would not take him out that he could have physically like Well
0: think of it this way. If one shot didn't kill him by a shotgun, think of, like you said, think of all he was on that was giving him almost this superhuman strength.
1: Because yeah. what is it? What is it? What's the drug that you've seen? them they look like zombies, like people that are on this whatever drug, like they feel no pain. And so they keep like, they just keep going like a zombie would.
0: I can believe it. I'm gonna have to show you a video. I need to find out what kind of drug that is. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious, just Not... for, for educational purposes. <laughs> what is that? What was that? Now, Sally did have an expert who testified on her behalf regarding the battered woman syndrome. And she had, she had interviewed over 500 women who had been involved with severe domestic violence cases. And she said that she really demonstrated a lot of the characteristics of someone who had been through that. But the a-hole that is the prosecutor, I hate him. He is awful. And I understand he was just doing his job. I get Mm -hmm. that. And I understand that women lie every day. Mm -hmm. Women lie every day. I know this. But he just was, he was just terrible. When the expert was on the stand, just just kind of explaining what battered woman syndrome is and characteristics of it. He kind of just asked her these questions. And he's like, well, I mean, a lot of them leave, don't they? Well, yeah, a lot of them do leave. Yeah. Well, but a lot of them don't shoot their lovers, right? Well, a lot of them don't. The majority of them don't. I mean, that totally happens. It's like he scoffed it off to... It's just, it was silly. Y'all using the silly defense. And then there's another... Expert that also reminds us that battered women are imperfect people. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: because that's the thing, they're people. Exactly. No one's perfect. Nobody's going to have the perfect response.
0: Yeah. I mean, two things can exist at one time. Sally was a violent person when you messed with her kids, but she was also the victim of domestic violence. Those both can be exist in the Mm -hmm. same world. She can still be a victim of sexual abuse, of physical abuse. And that's what she said happened. What's sad is that her own kids, even that's where I believe it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because either her kids are fantastic actors or they're,
1: to me, they're very credible witnesses. I feel like they're very genuine in yes. their interviews. Like, I can't imagine these kids feeling the way they do about their mother if if what the prosecution is saying is true. Right. You know? No, 100%. It's, I don't think they're just saying this out of loyalty after all these years. They wouldn't have a close relationship no, because they, they were you know, very young when they, she yeah. went to prison.
0: If anything, they would have... And we find this out later that like John has a lot of anger towards mm. her for not getting out. Um, But we'll get back to that. Uh, but the state, you know, they parade in a bunch of Ray's friends who testify against Sally that Ray was going to leave her for another woman and that, that Sally was very quick to anger. But the defense also brings in character witnesses. One is, is one of Sally's good friends who says, yes, I saw bruises all over her and I tried to get her to tell me and she did say, yeah, uh, Ray hit me, but Sally was a very proud person Mm -hmm. and she had had kind of a big ego and it's like she didn't want people to know what was going on in her home life. You know, Sally had kept Ray's abuse hidden from all of her friends and they all say that, you know, I really wish more than anything that she would have told me because I would have tried to help her. Mm -hmm. So Shantina, who was just twelve years old, she is brought in by the defense to testify. She admitted to seeing and hearing her dad choke her mom, and the prosecution just kind of scoffs and like, Well, how do you know what that looks like? He said and she replied. Because I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, I've she's seen, seen
1: him do that to her yeah, a bunch. of Yeah, times. I've
0: seen him choke her. I know what it sounds like. I know what it what it what it looks like. I've seen him break her nose. I mean, I, she was crying so hard that the judge actually stopped the testimony because oh. he felt like it was just it was just too emotional. This is a twelve year old girl yeah. we're talking about. I mean, that's, that's Olivia, mm-hmm. you know. So. They shut it down and Shantina was upset. Like to this day, she says, I'm still mad that they shut it down because, you know, I wanted to tell them what happened. And John, John, go present day John's like, I wouldn't have cried. Like I wanted to go in front of that judge. They wouldn't
1: th- let him. Uh uh-uh. uh.
0: They said he was too, too young. young. And he was mad. He said, I wouldn't have cried. I would have gone in there and told him the truth and let him know exactly what I happened. I feel
1: like he would have been old enough and mature enough to Yeah, just tell me tell, tell us what, what happened. happened. Yeah. But judging from what like how he was in the um at the police station. Yeah. You know, during the interrogation, like I feel like he was level headed enough to really give his side of the of what happened. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. In the interrogation room, he's like, Mom, just tell him the truth. Yeah. I mean and he that's like yeah, it was self defense. Just tell him what you yeah. told the cop. Because he said, you know, I've always wanted to tell people about the hell that I endured in that house. So Sally was also adamant that she wanted to testify, but her attorney knew that te- typically testifying on your own behalf, you don't come out looking good because you're right. subject to cross-examination exactly. by the prosecution and
1: lawyers can kind of be snake-like and yeah. get you to chip up forbid, on your words. If they say something that makes her angry and she comes off looking mm-hmm. like that angry woman, that's not good to a jury. So I, be- I agree with her lawyer on that
0: one. Well, it didn't matter. She testified because if you know if (laughs) if Sally wants to do something and look Sally today's like she was like it was a terrible idea I should have never done it. She says that, but you know, she gets on the <laughs> stands and she turns into just this rigid little Marine. Mm-hmm. She had no emotion. And then the DA gets up there and he knows that she's triggered by him being intimidating and being mm-hmm. bullying, but she didn't yell back. She shut down. Yeah. And that's what she said. You know, I hear this man come up there telling me that I'm not a battered woman, that I'm a violent woman, that I'm lying. And she said, I- my brain just shuts down. Like, I don't just, I don't want to hear anymore. So there were multiple pieces of evidence that was not a. Allowed in unless the defense opened the door from her testimony and her testimony did exactly that. The prosecutor asked her if she had ever been known as the killer Sally McNeil to which she said no. The truth is she said that was a character that I played. Mm -hmm. Had they asked me did you ever play a character the killer Sally McNeil she said I would have told I would have said yes but because she said no they were allowed to bring in like this big blown up picture of Sally holding the murder weapon Oh Lord! in the video saying hey if you want your your ass kicked call this number if you try and mess with me i'll kill you i mean it was just it was very damaging
1: no no
0: her defense attorney said he just kind of disassociated from his body at that (laughs) moment
1: it was like that's when you know it's bad (laughs) oh god this is really they gotta
0: get her on first degree murder she just was portrayed as this monster and not a woman who Mm -hmm. is who could be battered and abused so after three days of deliberation on March 19th, 1996, members of the jury reached a verdict. She was called back in. She had been free on bond for over a year. She was found not guilty of first degree murder, but guilty of second degree murder, which is the intent to kill someone unlawfully with no excuse or justification. So the self-defense case didn't hold. She was sentenced to 19 years to life. Shantina and John were absolutely devastated because they realized we're not going to see our mom again. And Sally said, you might as well have just killed me because I'm not going to be able to to be around you know my parents I mean to, to be around my kids and Sally says you know I arrived to a California jail on Milford, May 1st 1996 I was over 3,000 miles away from my kids. And their lives just went on. That's Mm -hmm. what you learn when you're in jail, that life just goes on without you. Every July, her family, her parents would fly out to California so that her kids could visit her once a year. But then that stopped because when they became teenagers, Shantina says, we just didn't want to have to explain to everybody that our mom was in jail for murdering our dad. If you tell people, both my parents passed away, people just don't ask questions. Yeah. But if I tell them you know my mom's in jail, you know they want to know why
1: why you got to tell them anything? That's why do they have I to feel. why do they have to know you're going to California to see your mom in prison? Exactly, you know.
0: So Sally missed Shantina's prom and graduation. She missed John's high school wrestling career, which apparently he was pretty good. His prom and graduation. John joined the Marines. And when he had a child, I'm assuming it's a little girl, but in the picture, I couldn't really tell. He said that he just had these very angry feelings towards his mother because he said, you know, you were not thinking about me and Shantina Mm -hmm. when you pulled that trigger. And I guess looking at his child, he was like, I couldn't leave this child, you know? And, so he said he wrote her a letter and told her she was very selfish for what she did and they didn't talk for a while. He kind of tears up and he's like, I really regret that. Mm-hmm. I think he was just very angry that his mom, yeah. probably years of anger starting to come out for for the fact that he wasn't ra- he loved her so much and he wasn't raised by her. So this is what's kind of crazy to me. Sally had gone through five parole board hearings since 2011 and everyone she presented it with the same case. I was a battered woman. This was the reaction of him coming after me I felt like I was protecting myself and nobody would release her then she finally said you know what I stood in front of them and said yeah my intention was to kill my husband and she fully accepted responsibility
1: and they let her go isn't that the only way they they'll parole you as if you if you're if you admit guilt. I, I guess so. I guess you have to say, yeah. yeah, I did it. I'm you remorseful accept, yeah, for it. you have it. to like accept guilt and be show remorse mm-hmm. and show that you've changed. Yeah. And you can't do any of those things if you're still denying. Yeah, because if you're still
0: saying you're a victim. Yeah. Under the what you were charged and found guilty for, yeah. then how can we let you go? You'll yeah. be a victim again. Exactly. One day. So then it kind of comes to all of these questions like would she have the same would she have the same issue if she were tried today? Mm -hmm. You know, like knowing what we know now about battered woman syndrome about domestic violence. Would that have happened today? And I I mean, it would have
1: been a different outcome.
0: Well, it's half and half because like her defense attorney says, yeah, absolutely. I don't think she would have gotten what she got and then there's another woman who she's a professor and she's an advocate for like victims of crime and stuff and she said unfortunately she probably still would have got it because there's a lot of women who have this who were there's a lot of women in jail today who were victims of domestic violence because you always ask like well why didn't you just leave mm-hmm. and it's not
1: that simple it's Sometimes not you don't have a lot of choice and you think and it's not just a physical abuse these people are are telling you awful things and making you believe awful things about yourself like yeah. you have no other option right but to stay with them yeah you're you're kind of brainwashed have, they have control over you or you're so scared of them that you yeah. think like there's nowhere i can
0: go to get away from this person exactly. ab- at, at all i mean and we know this to be true. So so Sally was released from the Central California Woman's Facility in the summer of 2020 after spending 25 years in prison. Today, Sally lives in Northern California. And when she was originally released, she went to stay at the place called the VTC. It's the Veterans Transitional Center where they help veterans out. They, they kind of provided her a home, but they also got her a job like working in a warehouse. And eventually she was able to make enough money that she was able to, I guess, maybe rent her own little home yeah so in the documentary it shows her like in her home and then she met a man named Stewart who was at the same place mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i'm assuming he was a veteran uh and they are so happy in love but we watch, uh, we get to watch a Shantina who has a son comes and visits for the first time. And it was just the so That's, really, that's
1: like the first time that they're seeing I each other. I think so. Because wow. it showed like when
0: she got out of jail and how she went and got, she went to McDonald's and got a Big Mac and yeah. she took a bite and she said, oh my God, I haven't had this in 25 years. Oh, Which is how I eat Big Macs every time. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't had this in three days. It tastes <laughs> so good. But so we learn a little bit about Shantina after her high school graduation, she joined the Marines. And while she was in the Marines, she got into a relationship who was the father of her son. She realized that it was he was physically abusive to her, mm-hmm. and she didn't even tell like she didn't tell anybody. She yeah. didn't tell so like that her
1: cycle is that generational yeah. cycle of abuse is continuing. She's like the at least the third generation now Correct. in her family.
0: Yeah, and she realized like it made her understand why her mom stayed. Yeah, because she was staying for the same reasons mm-hmm. like. Where am I going to go? Uh I'm too embarrassed to leave. I don't yeah. want anyone to know this is good. Cool. Because she didn't tell anyone in her, like, in her platoon or whatever. Her unit. Her unit. Yeah. She didn't tell anyone in her unit. Like, no one knew what was going on. But eventually she realized that, you know, she can't continue this cycle of abuse. So she did get out of that situation and has her son. At the time of the docu- the initial filming of the documentary, they John was living in Texas. And he had not visited her because he had just gotten out of, like, a drug and alcohol rehab. He said that after he got Graduated from high school, he joined the Marines. He had gone through five tours all over the Middle East. He had a lot of violence in his in his life, like being from his childhood and then being in the military mm-hmm. going overseas and he struggled with alcohol and drug abuse and he said you know he was married he doesn't say like if he's divorced or not he just says that he was married he was married to a wonderful wonderful woman who he treated very bad and he was mm-hmm. trying to get his life back in order but at the very end of the documentary Stuart and Sally are getting married no. and there's John walking her down the aisle it was, oh, and he looked fantastic my gosh.
1: He oh. looked, fe- but you
0: see her hug and kiss him. And I mean, there's no love. I mean, you have a daughter. So like, there's that love between the daughters. Like mm-hmm. when her and Shantina got together, she was showing her her prom pictures mm-hmm. and graduation. But it's not something about like a mama hugging her little boy. There's just oh, nothing like it. Adorable. It was so sweet. So she, she they ask her, you know, is there anything you would like to do? She's like, you know, I'd love to file an appeal for my conviction. She said, I'm just so happy to be free. Mm-hmm. Free of Ray, free of, you know, yeah. free of everything. And it just shows her like dancing on the beach. Oh. Yeah, it was so touching. And then at her wedding, you know, she's surrounded by she's her daughter is there and her and her grandson and and John. And, you know, they have that little dance. And the guy she's marrying is just he seems wonderful. Mm -hmm. Just very laid back and lets her be her. And and she still works out, but obviously doesn't take any type of like performance enhancing drugs. I mean
1: I feel like she's a strong personality so it would make sense that she would need a guy who is a little bit you know, laid laid back. back. Let her be the passive. alpha. Yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. So that is the end of Steroid Sally. Aww.
1: She's no longer
0: Steroid Sally. She is uh, just Sally now.
1: Well, that's adorable. I know. Aww. The ending was so, yeah. I was so pleased. I love endings like we that. We don't always get happy endings in these stories. No. So. And
0: I, you know, watching, and I could be fooled. I could mm-hmm. be fooled. I, mm-hmm. I know that there are two sides to every story. Right. But Sally just seemed like a very forthcoming person mm-hmm. to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she just seemed super honest. And, and I, I I, believe her when yeah. she says that like knowing what we know about, you know, her past and what she's been through. And Diane Diamond said that if she ever had the opportunity to meet her, she would apologize to her because she oh. wished that she would have focused more on Sally as a person, mm-hmm. and not Sally as the bodybuilder, right? Because it was
1: two different people. Yeah.
0: Um, So I mean, it, wow. just, it was a good documentary. I, I, I'm. Thank you, Amber, for suggesting. Yeah. It. I'm glad we covered <laughs> it. But yeah, that was a good one. That so. was
1: a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's adorable. I know. I know. But
0: that's that's the end of it. Well, Sarah, you got any any upcoming news besides the fact that we're uh. we're doing our first annual. Carrier Christmas at your house.
1: Yes. So uh, the Carrier family always gets together for Christmas. Now, let me explain. There's like 40 people. Oh, minimum.
0: Yeah. There's,
1: There's... On a good Christmas, we have like way more than that. Yeah. But yeah, so typically what's been done in the past is there's... How many, seven siblings and six of them are local. So they usually just take turns with who hosts a Christmas. And mm-hmm. now, you know, everybody's getting older and they don't feel like hosting. And so we're kind of moving it towards the grandchildren are starting to host. But have so you
0: fun. noticed like they don't, they say they don't want to host. But then when you say, well, let's do it here. They're like,
1: I mean, I'll do it one more year. Yeah. I'll now, do it this year. I kind of like just told them, I was like, well, I want to do it next year. We're so doing you it can have it the year after. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're having carrier Christmas at my house this year, and somebody legitimately needs to stop me because I keep buying Christmas decorations. Hey, I'm not all stopping kind of you. Stuff. I want to walk into a winter wonderland. <laughs> me, me and Daddy, Dad's now Dad can be grumpy, but he's very excited too. And mm-hmm. he's like, we just need to come up with a plan on like what we're gonna do, what we're gonna put here, when we're gonna do it. He's mm-hmm. like, we got a timeline, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. I hope it's
0: cold this year.
1: I hope it's, I just hope it's not rainy. Yeah. Is the only thing that puts a dent Cause I have your dad, I don't know if my dad told him, but so they did a, um, a trailer, a, like a hayride for, uh, Halloween and pulled the kids around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So I told him, I was like, don't dismantle it. Let's just do this for Christmas too. And you guys can ride them around the property and the kids can have a hayride, a Christmas yeah. hayride. So.
0: Well, can we discuss that hayride? Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did not take into account
0: that it that the the trailer and the poor four-wheeler probably had a weight limit yeah. and we had like 40 kids up yeah, on there plus did. all the adults
1: so <laughs> walk we'll all pile on this like no we got enough room y'all go on, on and get home and the,
0: you just hear the tires go
1: it was fun though. i don't we know did, how we made it back we didn't break down we made it back no in one piece we had all the kids too Derek's four-wheeler just cried
0: a little <laughs> Yeah,
1: it was still fun though. It was fun. So
0: <laughs> I know that'd be fun to do it at your yeah, house, like have like, a little can trail. Ride.
1: Yeah, we can ride. If it's dry, we can ride back to Joey's. Um,
0: Who we know that has some stuff. some uh, some reindeer.
1: We I could, mean, I've got enough deer in the back, so we'll probably maybe just we'll capture a couple and like <laughs> yeah. just put them put like a little
0: red stuffed animal <laughs> know, right? thing on us. Yeah, but we'll, we'll take pictures fun. and we'll we'll post them on the yeah. website. So, all right. Well, thank y'all for joining us, and we'll be back. Next week. Next
1: That's week. the plan. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.